I think for me personally, the I remember just distinctly we were talking about Gates on on one of our episodes, and uh, Trent Trent dropped some knowledge about you know his relationship to the left hand gate ball, where you know for my whole life I've been I've been focused on right hand gate ball. And I just remember when he was, when he was, uh, dropping his, you know, he was just going on his normal tangent. But for me, I'm, I'm sitting there and like, I just want to hit the boom button like 20 times so people can just hear like, you know, or the, the train horn going on, like, boom, this is, this is it. And, 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 and Welcome back or welcome to the Waterski Podcast. This is Matteo Lutzeri, your host, and the goal of this podcast is to promote water skiing. Recreational water skiing, professional water skiing, competitive water skiing, amateur water skiing. Uh, we promote water skiing here. That's, that's the goal. And I'm glad that this episode features two high-level skiers and coaches who share that vision in their own podcast. So you might have guessed, I'm speaking of Chris Rossi and Trent Philenson, the hosts of Spraymaker. So Spraymaker had a very successful season one last year in 2020, and they're about to launch season two next Monday, so March 15th. So we thought it was a good idea to sort of catch up, speak about podcasting, speak about skiing, and talk also about podcasting about skiing. Um... So it was a very fun episode to record. Um, I truly love how the two feed off each other so well in their show. Um, so it was fun to sort of jump in as a third person and, and just have a fun conversation. This conversation at this episode is, again, this week brought to you by Real Frequency College Consulting. If you're a parent of a collegiate-bound water skier, this is an exciting and stressful time. It's common to become overwhelmed with the admission process, college research, deadlines, essays, and picking the perfect college ski club culture. Let's face it, they're all pretty awesome. I mean, they have water skiing. Why would they not? Uh, Are you and your student making the best decisions to increase success and mitigate risk? Real Frequency is with you every step of the way. With weekly contact and face-to-face consultations, Real Frequency ensures your student is held accountable so that you don't have to. Real Frequency offers comprehensive college reports on over 6,400 institutions and extensive info on NCWSA-affiliated schools. Real Frequency is there for career path guidance, the connector of internships, and career research. As a result, your student graduates on time with a career so they can afford to pull you skiing in their boat sooner. Real Frequency also offers financial planning from a college economic specialist and access to your very own admission essay specialist. And there's so much more. And I'm glad they offer financial planning because some institutions have scholarship for skiers, some don't. So it's good for incoming freshmen to have a good idea of their finances. This process can feel like running your hardest pass. Let Real Real Frequency Take on the stress of a mission so you can enjoy the course. You can go on realfrequency.com, that's R-E-A-L frequency.com, or you can call 509-992-2888 and schedule your free consultation. Real Frequency, 
The stress isn't worth it, but a college consultant is. So if you want your little TWSP perk, you can say TWSP uh, whenever you contact Real Frequency, or you can apparently say Matteo is the man, and you receive 6% off for 6 to 12 months benefit. So again, realfrequency.com, real, realfrequency.com, or you can call 509-992-2888. All right, um, let's just jump into this chat. You know, uh, it's not properly an interview. We just, I mean, yes, I did questions. I, I did have questions, but I sensed it was just a good chat about podcasting and water skiing. So let's just jump in. Enjoy. All right, guys. Hey, welcome to the Water Ski Podcast. Thank you for deciding to do this. Um, Trent, Rossi, welcome. Thanks, Thanks for having thank us. Thank you, man. Look, I'm I'm stoked to talk to you guys first and foremost about your podcast. Um, primarily because I've been a pretty you know committed listener. Um, I've even been caught listening to it while driving trick skiing and got you know <laughs> <laughs> scolded about that. Uh, but I think you guys came up with a with a great product. Um, so I'm sure we will talk about that throughout this this little chat. Um, where are you guys calling from? I mean, obviously this is all remote. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm I'm at home in in um, on Guadalupe Skiplex, just south of Austin, Texas. Wow. Yeah, I'm I'm calling in from Salt Lake City, Utah, and uh, yeah, we're getting ready for another season coming up pretty soon. Getting pretty excited about it. Lake frozen, Rossi, or water? You know the lake. The lake goes from frozen to unfrozen right now because you know our lakes aren't that. They're not that deep. So you know you you'll go from like oh we're we're way away from being able to ski, and then the next day you see guys out at the lake you know getting hardcore and and using their dry suits and and getting nuts. So yeah, we're um, we're still in that kind of realm where we're getting a lot of snow here in the mountains. But uh, Salt Lake City is such a great place in the spring just because you've got snow in the mountains and it can still be spring in the valley. So we're starting to see our, uh, our flowers start to pop up. And, uh, this is time of year. I get, I just, I just, I love the beginning of the season, man. There's just nothing, there's nothing like the start to another season. So it's just, yeah. you know, we're all trying to, we're all trying to get better here. And, uh, Trent and I, and I'm sure you're the same, you know, you just, you just get fired up. And, and it, I think the, the word that always pops in my head is possibilities. You know, this is, mm. this is the time of, of just, you know, hopefully we can reach a newer, a newer high than we ever reached. And hopefully we can learn some new things along the way that make skiing, um, you know, sometimes we call it the blackout where you don't know quite different aspects of your skiing. Like we're just trying to fill those in and, and just try to, uh, try to evolve as skiers. And whether you're an open water skier or a course skier or a high level, you know, professional, I think the beginning of the season is just, it's, it's the best. Best, it is so. it is and it's funny how you know I, I started skiing three weeks ago as soon as ice melted and you know there's there's another fellow highly competitive skier here with me and we were just talking about things you know we had the time to change because tournaments here won't start until june so oh man i get to work three months on these two movements great let's do it you know <laughs> hey, that's, um, that's funny that's funny you mentioned that because ross and i just, <laughs> just uh got done recording um, an episode of Spraymakers, and we talked. I mean, we talked at length about that, about that this this um, 
this time of year that, you know, when you can with, with very little pressure and, and, um, and hopefully, you know, controlled expectation, you can dive in and, and you can make real, um, lasting change. Yep. You, that, you certainly can despite the, and then, you know, it's funny how you play that balance game of, okay, it's cold. I can't stay in the water too long, but I get to do this drill or, or that pass that hopefully, you know, if I do it correctly, it'll help me. And, you know, it's funny, we've been recording for three minutes and I feel I'm already in a Spraymaker episode because that's the feel <laughs> of your episodes. You know, you guys just talk skiing high, like in high depth and yet it's approachable by anyone. You know, like I had people coming through ski school that listen to your podcast and they came to learn how to do the course um, and they would follow ups. And certainly, you know, I'm at a different level and I love your episodes. So how did you guys come up with the idea? Like, when did you start talking about it? Well, I, I mean, I guess, I mean, and I'll get started. Then, Rossi, you, you can you can explain, uh, you know, how it all came like to fruition in the end. But it was something, you know, I'd been kicking it around a little bit, and I had a a, a guy, a friend in Canada that I coached that had been pressuring me to do it, and and um, and then <clears throat> really. It, Brooks was uh, Brooks Wilson, uh, president of Radar. Was he just sort of presented like, I think we need this, and I think you guys are the guys to do it. Um, what What did you think right away, Rossi? Though, like, like it was it was a for me personally, it was a little bit the the thought of of trying to do thirty forty episodes a year was a little bit intimidating uh, or a little bit daunting anyway. Well, we're definitely this. I mean, I think the 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 the, the strong part of Spraymakers really is that we we are unscripted in what we do, and so really what you're what you're cap what we're capturing is you know just just Trent and I talking about skiing. We've been doing this for a really long time. The way I look at it as a coach, you know, you take these really intricate and in-depth concepts. But then when you're on the water, things happen so fast. They have to be, you know, you have to be able to, to relate to these things in such an easy and approachable fashion, or you're not going to be able to do them. So I think one of the things I love, I love listening to Trent talk when we're, when we're on, when we're on these episodes, just because we're speaking the same, the same coaching techniques, but the way that Trent goes about it and the way that I go about it are a little bit different. Um, and then we're able to, to throw it, you know, throw it back and forth in a, uh, you know, I, I just, I, I'd like to say we're evolved coaches. So these concepts that are really, really intricate and, and uh, high level are actually approachable and they're approachable from the free skier standpoint all the way through the, you know, high level pro athlete type of thing. And, and uh, yeah, 30 to 30 episodes a year is, you know, we're learning as we go. You know, I bet if yep. you go back and listen to our first 10, we were, you know, there's a lot more ums and hesitations and just trying to figure it out. But I think that's kind of the beauty of it. And, um, you know, when we first started talking about spray makers and, and doing this, I couldn't think of a better person to do it with than Trent. You know, he and I are buds. 
off the water and uh, and on the water and we always look forward to being together and he's got a great great group of skiers down there in Texas that he gets to work with and I've worked with tons of people in Florida when I was running ski school and I've evolved out of that a little bit so for me this is a way for me to get back into uh, doing a part of skiing for me that is 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 the most important it's kind of always been the most important and that is you know helping people to get to their goals in water skiing because we all love to ski and we all want to uh i think we all want to get better and and see where it goes so you know when brooks uh approached me and 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 got trent on and we we were chatting about it you know it was like yeah no this sounds great and 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 really our only rule was no rules you know it was just just come into it unscripted don't think about it just talk about it keep it light but also you know jump into these jump into these uh higher level concepts yeah yeah for sure and i can testify that you like to talk skiing because the the couple of times that i came to ski with you in orlando there was a lot of talking before the set and after the set um so no i i can certainly attest that um and what i find interesting in your episodes and i, I certainly noticed the how do you guys define it as season one like you're recording a new season now mm-hmm. yep right that's how we're, that's how we're calling it yeah, so in season one, yes, obviously things got better as, as the episodes progressed because that's just the nature of doing things. But I always noticed this pattern, which I found really entertaining, that you guys would start with a concept and it would go, Trent says his thing, you, Rossi, say yours. And then eventually, by the end of the episode, you come to realize that you're converging <laughs> on the same thing, right? Yes. Yeah, um, and it's super cool because I think that's what happens in in water skiing at the lake, right? Like three people might tell you the same thing three different way, but it, then it resonates with person B, you know, and yeah. and then you get to improve. I think maybe even like like through in you know through that method, I think inadvertently we 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 reach our goal of. of of truly like teaching a concept instead of instructing it. You know what I mean? You know, like, just like you said, we're going to go in these divergent paths and, and then, you know, either Rossi or I, or, or both of us, we both uh, have a habit of, of like going way down these dark holes, but then, but then we're going to, we're going to re, you know, we're going to reconverge and and then end up with this, you know, kind of a, we usually end up with a bit of a bow on it. But again, I think like when you hear here in that manner i think you actually can learn a concept instead of just being told what to do you know yeah, it feels like hear it from yeah exactly like by, by the by the time you know rossi and i are done an episode i feel like i feel the same way that i feel at the end of a, of a set that i'm coaching you know like there's a lot of a lot of conversation a lot of reciprocity and all of a sudden it's like oh i feel like we got somewhere you know it, it's a uh, right it, they're nice little coaching sessions from from my uh from my living room it's a uh, and that's why it's so enjoyable you know yeah yeah what has been your experience chris because like to me just by hearing trend but even personally doing this podcast it's a lot of fun you know like i i do a different thing i i interview i speak to 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 people to skiers and it's just a conversation that if i didn't have a podcast i would have had anyway you know like it's just good good fun Mm -hmm. yeah no i mean I, i think that's i think that's the key really is that um I think Trent kind of hit it on the head that we're we're trying to bring people along on this journey, but we don't necessarily like there isn't one way. 
And I think that's the thing, like, you know, as a coach, when you first start coaching, I, I mean, I, I, I don't know, I, I want to say I lucked into uh, uh, coaching and, and whatever. Dave Good gave me a chance a long time ago. I got to give him lots of thanks. You know, I was like a 23-year-old, 22 or 23-year-old kid coming out of college. And he basically handed me the reins to a three-lake facility and said, go. You know, wow. and, and so, yeah, I mean, I went to school for business, but I mean, when once you start to once you start to do those things, you kind of, you know, have to jump in. And and so you, you go through these you go through these uh, growth periods as as a coach. And at first you just want everybody to do exactly what you're doing. And as you stay in the game longer and longer, you realize that it's not so important to tell everybody or to show everybody exactly what you're trying to do with your skiing. It's about understanding the global uh, techniques of slalom. You know, we're slalom ski guys, but to understand those techniques and then to look at a person, identify with where they're at in their skiing, and then be able to give them their most potent uh, you know, concepts or whatever. And that's, that's all I've always wanted to do is to just kind of educate people and help them fill in what I call those black holes, you know, those places where if you, if you were to write down like, okay, I pull out from my gates and then, you know, what, what, what are you doing and how intricate can you get with what you're supposed to be doing? Where should the handle be? Where should everything be? And then turning in for your gates. And, you know, it's like, you're going to get to a place where you're like, oh, and then I edge change. And you're like, well, no, that's not exactly what happens when you edge change. What happens? Well, yeah, the ski just goes from side to side. No, that's not technically. There are things that led up to that and there are things that go on beyond that. And so if that's a place for you, that's your black hole. Like, so that's what you don't know. And anytime that you don't know in your mind already what you need to do, you will not be able to either highlight focus or, or improve on those things when you're on the water. So really for me, it's always been about understanding from, you know, we, we like to use the, I like to use the, the term 30,000 feet. You know, you gotta, you gotta understand your concepts before you're even on the water. And then, um, and then a coach really helps you when you're on the water to identify your weakest link and to give you new focus and to try to fill that in. But I think most of the, most of the really important things that, that you need to improve on in your skiing come off the water. They come through understanding. They come through, you know, these kind of conversations that Trent and I have. And I think that's yeah. one of the reasons why people kind of like it. And, you know, it's fun. I get to the lake and, you know, there people show up. We all here in Utah, you got to drive to the lakes. Most, most people don't live at the lake that they ski. So people are rolling into the lake like, oh, I was listening to this, this episode of Spray Makers. You totally blew my mind with, with uh, tournament preparedness or or whatever it is. So it's kind of fun because now people that would generally come to the lake and just take their ski set are actually putting some effort into um, evolving and understanding and really wanting to get better. And, and I think that's, I mean, I think that's our ultimate goal is just to help people to realize their goals. With, if I may say, with a little bit of discipline added, because I think the difference there is, you know, as, as Trent said, there's that educational component because at least at my lake or any lake that I've been, People talk skiing all the time on the dock uh, as they get out of the car, you know, like, uh, but then it's so easy, I would say, because of the complexity of slalom skiing to get into dark holes, right? And, mm -hmm. and just focus on the wrong thing or overthink it or overdo it. And, and you know, and, and I like how those who are actually now starting to listen to this get at least a little bit of discipline in their thinking. 
right? Which I think is is crucial. And um, there, there's a lot of experience that can be, you know, uh, not be wasted by getting good education and good instruction. Um, I have a question for you guys because you obviously coach extensively uh, as I do. Uh, and Trent might remember this question because I asked him when I interviewed him, but where is... What part of your coaching are you like? Are you working on now or lately? What you've been working on lately? Something that you noticed, you know, needs a bit of improvement, or if you only could do that, it would help your athletes. Have you noticed any of that? I mean, there's there's been a few over the years, you know, but the last couple of years, like for me, and and I and and I start, I don't start here, but. Every, excuse me every level needs to to be able to address their their role in relation to the boat your your relationship with the boat is everything in the end right i mean it's I, not you know that's what i always tell people like i mean it's obvious but the, the course is static right the course isn't the hard part right and or if, if you had a self-propelled water ski how, how simple would this be right so right and that was the one for me it, was, it started about five years ago and it, and it was just like like how have, over the last like 30 years, how, how, how has no one ever talked to me about the boat? Where am I in relation to the boat? What's the boat doing in relation to me? When is it happening? At what rate is it happening? Because like in the end, you know, you know, you can oversimplify things, but in the end, what could possibly be more important than, than where the boat is at, at specific points of the turn, at specific points of, of you moving into the load? Um, and how fast is that happening? Like that, it, that determines everything. Your speed in relation to the boat speed at, at various parts of the course, that's, that's everything. Yeah, yeah. You know? And I this like how what, you this, mentioned... This is, why I like, this, this is why I like working with, uh, with Trent because continually I just... He, he inspires me to want to ski more. You know, I mean, I just, the way, the way that he, the way that, you know, like thinking about that relationship, like that's not necessarily my, my MO, you know, it's not really the way I necessarily uh, in the past have thought about it, but then Trent opens these new ways of thinking about it. And then when I'm out there uh, on the water doing my own thing, that those, those qualities come in and, and I start to think, I wouldn't say maybe more like Trent, but you know, it changes the way that I approach things and, and, and do it. And for me, I think just the lack of game plan for most people is what just really uh, sets things off. And, and that's one of the reasons why when you, when you listen to spray makers and you listen to us talk, we're always having a plan. Every set counts. That doesn't mean that every set isn't fun. You know what I mean? Like the, my least favorite sets in a year are the ones where I ski into the dock and I evaluate, I, I always evaluate how my set went and I go, I didn't think of anything. I didn't accomplish anything. What did I just do? And then I realized I just skied, but I didn't ski with any uh, intention or, or lack of focus or whatever. So, you know, one of our, I think one of the things that we try to make sure we keep, keep in check for people is to have a game plan and that it that that doesn't mean that it's not fun but you have to have intention and you have to have um we just don't i mean we talk about this a lot we, you don't have enough turns enough cuts in a season you know i can i can make a thousand turns on my snow skis in a day you know how right. many how many sets is it going to take you to do a thousand you know turns on a water ski you know what i mean so ultimately just having a game plan making sure that you set that game plan 
Um, you know, for me, I have to warm up before I ski. I go for a run that gets my blood flowing. It also tells my brain like, Hey buddy, you're, you're about to get going. You know, my body knows as soon as I go for that run type of thing. So whatever that is, make sure that you, that you have a game plan and, and, you know, being a pro skier like you are, Mateo, you know, and a, and a, and a phenomenal skier as you are, you do this and you probably do most of this without even really consciously thinking of it. But, you know, most of our listeners, you know, I think that that's an aspect that they just don't, they don't, they don't apply and thus they leave buoys or turns on the table. Yeah. Yeah. And for sure. No, actually I, I sometimes go back and think about my pre-performance routine and and see if it's in check or, or not. And what I mean by that is, is it bringing me to a place that will allow me to perform at my best? And what I noticed is that those two were different between practice and competition. And I had to realign them so that when I went to competition, my pre-performance routine was just the usual. It wasn't something odd that I did because it wasn't a competition, you know. Um, now, for me personally, I, it's um, kind of like sticking to the same thing. You know, sometimes you have that feeling that you have to continuously give things to a student just because they came to ski for two weeks. But at the same time, sometimes like that, that's the issue they have to work on and you're much better off be boring, but make sure that they work on it for two weeks than give them something else so that they get excited about learning something else. That's something I've been struggling with, you know, like particularly with, I, would, I don't know how to define this, like mid-level skiers, you know, for lack of a better word. Yeah. Like the high-end skier gets it. Like that's, that's what I need to work on. Thank you. Let's do 15 sets working on that. Uh, the low-level skiers also gets it because they think, well, what do I know? So you tell me. The mid-skier, you feel that need of giving them that little extra of like, oh, think about this as well or try that, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, but then what, what happens at the end of that, right? Like if you give, if you give a skier too much and we're, we're all, I mean, I'm, I'm king of that where I would have, you know, long time ago, I would have overwhelmed these skiers with so many concepts. And then you, you get to the end of the lake, they, so that, you know, they're like, oh yeah, I'm gonna do all that. And they get out in the water you get to the end of the pass and I call it deer in headlights. You know, they just, they're looking at you and now their entire framework has been blown up. And in a way you just overwhelm them with too much information. And then I believe as you evolve as a coach is what you're talking about. And, 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 and you realize that it's really about giving them that one or two things that they need and then spending the time to have them really understand what's going on at that time, why it's so important, and really having more discussions off the water about that stuff than necessarily like translating that and trying to say, see, now you run this many more buoys or you, you know, you, you're, you can ski more passes because you're not, you're not sore or, or tired or whatever that is. So yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a, I mean, that's a balance that every coach has to, has to go through and has to, has to see their skier and make sure that you're, make sure that you're not overwhelming them. And I mean, one, one little sidebar, I'd just like to say, like for me, you know, I, when water ski magazine was a thing, you know, I, I was approached to do articles here and there. And I loved writing for the magazine because I just loved that magazine and, uh, it is no longer, but, uh, one of the things that I basically told him is I want to be able to write a, an article for you every month 
so that the, the skiers get to hear a continuous story throughout the whole year so that if they sign up, they sign up for this kind of concept that they can, you know, that they can progress with it and not just hear like, oh, Rossi says this, Wade Cox says that, Andy Mapple says this, Drew Ross says this. And all of a sudden they get into that deer and headlights thing where they're working on two different concepts that, you know, while they will help their skiing, they don't know how to put the two concepts together. And I think that's one of the, one of the great, great things that we have now, you know, people are choosing their news the way they want to hear their news. Well, the same thing now, they can choose to listen to spray makers if they want, and they can um, get on the program and try, try that program and see if it works for them. And I think it's really nice to be able to have a constant voice all the time to share with people and to keep them on one path versus them jumping past left and right and trying to figure out what works. And that, that's just, it can be really frustrating and, and it can be, you, you can get really lost really quickly. Yeah, Trent, speaking of path, right, do you guys, at least for season one, I'm asking now that you're recording season two, do you also plan the sequence of episodes? Like, how do you guys make yeah. it out, you know? Yeah, yeah. so, I mean, season one, you know, we didn't have it mapped out per se. You know, I, I think, <clears throat> you know, our experience as coaches just kind of led us. Um, season two, it's you know it's the exact same formula except for there, we we do have more structure and and, and the way um, uh, Rossi and I did it was was um, you know we sat down before season two excuse me season two started recording and we just bounced the question back and forth to to one another like as a coach when you when you sit in the boat whether it's you know you're watching Stephen Nevu or you're watching Mateo what's or you're watching you know Rossi you're watching your son ski what what's the first thing that catches your eye. You know, and whether it's, you know, if it's Mateo, that bottom level thing is probably going to be perfect. Um, but if it's a, if it's an amateur skier, that, that first thing you're, that catches your eye, that that's going to be the first thing you address. What's the second thing that catches your eye, the third thing. And, and so we're going to have a, it's going to be a little more linear this year in that. Um, Cause again, myself included, or, or you, that, first thing that Rossi or I is going to look for, it's still the most important thing. So, you know, it's still nice to, to hear that reminder. Um, but yeah, it's going to be a little more hierarchical in, in building this, this, this pyramid, you know, where, where the more abstract stuff, A, is going to come later in the season. And because B, it's not as important as the, as the base, base level fundamental stuff. So yeah, there's a little more structure this year, but it, it's the same thing where, you know, we, we just, we hop on and, and we know where we are in the, in the, you know, in the progression of things. Um, but it's still, it's still just two buddies, you know, coaches talking about skiing. And, and that's what's, you know, another thing that's, you know, selfishly is at the end of, at the end of the, the, the session, at the end of the season, um, as a skier, I've learned more. And as a coach, I've learned more just, just through having these conversations. So, uh, but yes, a little more, little more structure this year, but the, the same, um, same essential formula. Yeah. And I think it's easy to think it's sel it's selfish because obviously you, you notice the gain too, but mm. I, I want to venture in saying that's why people enjoy listening to this, you know, to this or any other podcast, like you know, when they feel that the people in it are truly, you know, engaged, not just engaging, yeah. but engaged and they, yeah. They love having that conversation. Like some of the feedback I've had was, wow, I felt like I was having a beer with you guys, you know? Uh, mm -hmm. So that, that's when I sort of learned that that keeps you, 
you know that you're on the right track essentially yeah yeah i guess it's it's, it's um you know, authenticity is 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 uh, pretty easy to it's easy to, to um recognize yeah. Right? yeah. 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 We, we have a, we have a, I mean, I think, I think the real important thing is, is that we, our plan is no plan other than we have a, we have a general outline of the season and, and where we want to go with it. But I mean, we literally, I mean, if you want the, the, the inside scoop, we, Trent and I jump on and uh, we probably talk for three or four minutes before we start the, start the spray makers episode and just like recap what we talked about the last time. And then what's what's the next level of where do we want to go with it from there? And then yep. that is that's that's literally all we talk about. And then it's just off the cuff go. And that's why we end up in these rabbit holes and we end up going sideways <laughs> a little bit because there isn't a script. There isn't a you know, there isn't a whole outline that we're going to do for each event or for each episode. So and I think in, in that realm you'll see us get caught, you know, where, where I might not know exactly how to respond to Trent when he says something and I have to think about it and work through it. But in doing so, you're bringing the listeners along on that ride. And, you know, I think you also get to understand, I mean, I don't know about Trent, but for me, coaching has always been the most important of all things. I mean, I loved being a pro skier. I loved all of that, but the, you know, the incremental change that we can make in our skiing, a whole season can be spent on you know trying to learn how to take more speed into the center line or how to have better handle control out to the buoy or whatever and the end result for us is like you know if you get a quarter buoy better you're you're stoked you know if you're pulling to the next buoy you know (laughs) (laughs) you know so you just you get these you get this ability to affect people's skiing and, and for me, that's always been the draw. I've always wanted to bring people along on my, my ride. You know, I felt so, I've always felt so blessed to have been on any of these rides. Um, so yeah, it's just a, it's just a off the cuff, nice and easy discussion about, like I said earlier, like some pretty high level stuff, but spoken in a way that I hope is, that we hope is uh, approachable and um, understandable. Yeah, digestible for sure. I would, as I said before, by, Pretty much all levels. Now, uh, tell me the first few episodes, some things that went wrong. Like, just give me the idea of when you guys started. Because my understanding is you guys don't produce it, right? Like, you record your audio and then you send it somewhere for it to become a podcast episode. Yeah. But, um, but how, like, how were the first few sessions? Like, did you find yourself coughing in the mic or, you know, what, what happened? Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess probably that probably our listeners would probably know better than that. I mean, I know there was the odd inadvertent curse word, um, slurping coffee. Um, a couple just had to be completely re-recorded because okay. I don't know. I mean, if you're not over 40, you don't really understand what happens to your brain as it relates to technology. Like <laughs> I was a whiz crack until 39 and I now, I mean, I'm done. So um <laughs> So I mean, more you are you are recording this audio, right? You are recording. <laughs> okay, perfect. Wait. Just check. Okay. <laughs> I had okay. my wife turn on the computer for me, so we we should be okay. But, um, <laughs> you know, I, I think there probably wasn't outside the the tech stuff and and just the odd, you know, small thing like that. I think because because you know Chris and I, you know, we're of well, I was gonna say similar age. We're, we're I think we're the exact same age, and you know, our experience levels are very similar and, and 
our paths are very similar, you know, in terms of both northern northern um, kids who grew up, you know, trying to trying to do exactly this, and and our paths were both um, heavily focused through, you know, or on coaching through the height of our career. I, we just had a lot enough similarities and enough history. We've been working together for well since two thousand and six, right? So long time. We, we've just been we've been doing it too long. I, I think. I think it was probably more natural than it could have been under different circumstances. Okay. Yeah, for me, for me, for me, I, I, uh, technology is always the thing. You know, I had a different mic last year. I am very hard of hearing. I actually got hearing aids this year. I'm not using them today. So uh, anyway, for for me, just just learning how to do this that way. We had um, you know a lot of episodes where. My, my audio was just way too loud compared to Trent's. And then, you know, the, the bummer is, is that these, these were not scripted. So we would get to the end of an episode and uh, we're like, man, that was a banging episode. People are going to love that. And then, you know, it comes back that uh, my audio is too loud and we need to re-record. And literally, it's like taking the wind out of your sail. You know, you're like, yeah. how do I, we had so many great examples and we went down so many great places. How do we, how do we reproduce that? And then I think the other thing at the beginning uh, last year, we were using a different platform that uh, also we started by being able to record us visually as well as, uh, you know, as well as audio. And we were having glitching with internet issues. And so you'd be talking and all of a sudden I could see Trent wasn't there, you know, and then you got to fix. So, and, but I don't know how long ago he wasn't there. And then you'd have to hit pause and then Trent would come back. And then you're like, wait, where was I? How do I clip back into that place? And how do I meant more importantly than that though, is how do I mentally get back to where I was and where we were taking where we, we were taking the listeners and and to get back into that when you have to chop it all the time and so right. uh, mm -hmm. we ditched that we ditched that platform and went to a new one and went strictly audio and that seemed to help i i actually like it we're we're on zoom right now chatting with each other and i like i like that we can look at each other but this is a new new realm for me because normally i'm just staring at a screen just listening in my earbud to trent and today i get to look at you guys and I'm like, whoa, this is a whole new realm here. Wow. So I, you guys, I, you guys record audio and just talk audio. Like if you were talking on the phone. Yes. Yep. Old school, insane. bro. Old school. I had forgotten about that though. That it, the, the first four episodes literally took us, it probably took us six weeks to get four episodes done. Because it just wow. every time we would try, it would crash, and and again, like Ross is saying, we were using a platform that would, that required far greater bandwidth, and it was, and it was like during it was during part of the season where I was traveling a lot, and so I'd get I'd get to hotel A, and oh great, it worked! I can't believe it worked, and then I would be at the boarding school the next week, and oh crap, it's not working, and like it it was like there was a moment where where we were teetering like. I don't think we're going to do this. <laughs> I mean, if it took us this long to do four episodes and we're going to do 30, like it's going to take us years. <laughs> so that was the request by Brooks, like 30 episodes a year. Uh, I don't know if it was really laid out that structured or not. That's just where we ended up. But I mean, we, we had decided that, that if we were going to do this, that we weren't going to just drop them sort of haphazardly or, or randomly. Like there needed to be like, any good coaching scenario there needed to be structure or there needed to be a plan like we always talk about so i mean from the start we we had said if 
you know, Rossi and I talking about, if we're going to do this, it's got to be consistent. Even if, even if we don't go 12 months of the year when we're on, like our guys, our, our guys and girls, our listeners need to, to know that every Monday morning they're going to have new material that, that, that's yeah. going to, that's going to be, you know, a continuation from, from the previous Monday. And so for season one, um, how far ahead we recording would you guys try to stay like three weeks, two weeks, a month? Like, how were you doing it? Or was it record this week out next week? It, it was kind of, it was, a, it was a little more off the cuff, you know, like we were just trying to, we, we would get ahead sometimes, maybe one or two or yeah, probably two shows ahead sometimes. But really, it kind of felt like in season one that we were always trying to record to stay current. And um, if we got ahead one, that felt great. But then all of a sudden you had one week where we could, Trent was really busy with clinics and traveling or, or I was traveling or whatever. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh my gosh, it's, it's Thursday and we need a Monday show. We got to get going, <laughs> right. you know? And right. so there was, a, there, was a, there was an element of pressure on our ends just to make sure to, to produce, the, produce the material so that we stayed on track, um, that, we, that we're, we're, uh, we're getting better at that and, and we're, we won't be quite so chasing uh, this season, so... But isn't it that, I mean, I don't know, it, it sounds like it, this may resonate with you guys, but that pressure is pressure. It's strange. Like, because I, for instance, put one out, every, I try every Tuesday, and that Tuesday that for whatever reason it's not out, I feel like I let people down, you know, like it's, sure. it's strange. It's strange how it works that way. Yeah, for um, sure. Yeah. So, um Anything that you can, so we're recording this is March 4th. This is probably going to be out next week. Can you give us any sort of snippet, I, like anything off the, of the stove about season two? Anything that you want? Well, I think, I think we're coming, I believe it's going to be March 15th or whatever that, you know, that graduating into the third week of March is when we're going to start. And, and, and really it, it's, like you know like we discussed it's going to be um it's going to be a we're going to be do a, we're going to do a much better job of making sure that each episode lends itself to the next episode you know and and again like without really planning that it it mostly did that <clears throat> last season season 1 but there was a little bit of jumping around that in hindsight you know we we weren't real happy with so we're going to look at for it to be just a little more concise and a little more you know you know step 1 2 3 kind of kind of the you know and again, like we, we said, as we view skiers um, as coaches, that that's how we want the season to flow. But also, a, as we kind of look at our own skiing, like how does the season flow? Like, okay, the, you know, the first set of the year, what am I doing? At what point am, do are we really being honest with ourselves and, and coming up with a, a plan that we're going to stick with? And then, you know, at what point of the season are we, do we even start thinking about fin setup? And then when are we doing, you know, when do we start really thinking about tournaments and um, so it's, it's, it's going to mirror not only our coaching approaches, but it's, it's going to do a pretty good job. I hope of mirroring, mirroring how we approach our own ski season. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a, it's a good one. It's a good one. It's, 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 uh, yeah, you know, first episodes, we're going to be talking a lot more about what, what the beginning of the season looks like, you know, what goal setting and, you know, we'll talk about, you know, a lot of, um, structural, structural points, you know, like, you know, highlight your highlight highlight some things like like Trent said earlier you know when you look at a pro skier and you see them on their first set you're going to see that stack or that position you know and how do others 
you know, focus and, and get to that place. So we're trying to build a, build you, build, a, build our listeners a, basically fill them in on how our brains work, how our seasons are approached, how we'd like to see their seasons approached. And, um, you know, just, just take away that randomness, that first six weeks, you know, right now we're talking, we want to talk a lot about that first six weeks, you know, and what, what do those sets look like? And, and you're not defined by your buoy count in those, in those times, you know, you're, you're defined more about this is the time of year to be getting going and to establish new, new habits and new routines. So, you know, we want to start by getting that base in there and then we'll progress uh, further and further along with with techniques and tournaments if if tournaments are your thing and um, yeah we're just gonna we're gonna build you a system so that you can you can come up with your own but that you can use some of our insight to help you get there yeah and I think yeah. the the other thing that it, uh and that was and this was in, this was really important to Chris um you know because as a as a ski designer he's you know he's obviously wanting you know, Corey Vonda run 41, <clears throat> but he's also wanting like your, just your, you know, your, your, your weekend ripper to, to have a, a better ride. So anyway, where I'm going is as a designer, the entire spectrum of abilities is important to Chris. And he, um, he wanted to make sure that we did a better job this year of, of, of making sure that our language was going to be all inclusive, you know, across, you know, a, 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 the full spectrum of, of ability levels. So if you're a, you know, if you're a core skier, great. If you're a world champion, great. But if you're, you know, if you're a lake skier, an open water skier, th these same principles apply. And, and he, you know, he does a good job of reminding me and he does a good job himself of, of uh, making sure to, to, you know, be all inclusive with, with the way some of these um, points are, are, are illustrated. Yeah. Yeah. So, we're thinking of going back for a second to season one, and you can take your sweet time to think about it, but I want to hear your favorite episode. Now, that can mean anything. Huh? It could mean you've had the most feedback, it was the most fun chatting about that topic, you know, whatever. Your favorite episode from season one. And I'll be taking notes so that I'll go and re-listen to that one. I, I you know, know, if you're asking me, they're, they're all there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like everyone was a learning experience for us. So for me, I, I think every episode that we recorded got, we, Trent and I got more on page and then it became, it became, you know, something that it builds and builds. I think for me personally, the, I remember just distinctly, we were talking about Gates on, on one of our episodes and, uh, Trent, Trent dropped some knowledge about, you know, his relationship to the left-hand gate ball where, you know, for my whole life, I've been, I've been focused on right-hand gate ball. And I just remember when he was, when he was, uh, dropping his, you know, he was just going on his normal tangent. But for me, I'm, I'm sitting there and like, I just want to hit the boom button like 20 times so people can just hear like, you know, or the, the train horn going on, like, boom, this is, this is it. And, and, and we do try when, like I try to, when I hear Trent drop something like that, I try to like stop and be like, Hey listeners, that just blew my mind. So I'm really hoping that it's resonating with you. So for me, it's, right. it's those little moments for me in episodes that, uh, it's just as much fun for myself to listen to and to, to, to banter back and forth with Trent and hear how his brain works. Um, as it is like to, to choose one episode, it's more like the little, the little tidbits that get thrown in there that you just 
boom you know that's that's the that's the thing for me that's just it's so much fun and uh, i think i think that that's a big part of why the listeners really like it too is they have that boom moment where they go oh i can do that too and you know what's yeah. funny you guys do it i mean at least in my experience listening to it you do it in a completely different way because you chris just silence and then you sort of you reflect on it you know whereas trend just goes yes yes you know, it's just <laughs> in lights you know it's super cool to see it's super cool to see I, what I about you Trent? yeah uh, probably it'd be, it'd be excuse me two like um like one is it like that gate episode was um was really fun for me because it, it was it, it was some it, it was it was a con, like a really um concise way of thinking about it that I had only recently arrived to and then talking about it with Chris it really confirmed what what you know what I had recently only recently in the last you know couple of years it had really been drawing towards um, and it got a heck of a lot of feedback um, I got a lot of questions asked about it uh, and then the, the other one would have been that the, we did one on just tournament preparedness or I can't remember exactly what it was titled, but it was, you know, getting, you know, how to get ready for tournament as it, as it applied specifically to, to game day. Um, Mm -hmm. and it was just that, that came, that episode came out. And then the next week I was chief driver at a, at a tournament up in Dallas. And I mean, I had so many people seek me out, you know, that morning just to be kind of go over a few things that we had just talked about. It, It had just come out on that Monday, I believe. Um, and so that was like super rewarding. And then, and then in recording that one, I remember we did, we had shared some of our own experiences and, and I was able to share, and it was like super cathartic. I was able to share like, for me, instances, instances in the past when I had completely blown it and, and to, then, but now to be at this age, looking back to be like, be, to be able to identify exactly how I messed it up and, and, and to be, a, be and to be able to identify that it was like a, it was a lack of confidence and and then that was exhibited as maybe hubris that that allowed or that forced me into this into making these mistakes over and over and over again and and i thought like to be able to share that with someone and maybe help help them avoid making those mistakes i was like oh man this is like if we're doing this for a reason this is definitely one of the reasons so those two parts were you know what one other thing and this one rossi i never told you this but you had talked about um as a righty, and it was really specific in terms of mechanics, but as a right foot forward skier moving into their gate glide about how you talked about breaking wind with your left shoulder, correct? And there, so, and then there was just, there was two righties on my leg that, that pulled me aside and wanted to discuss that like at length specifically. And then, I mean, and, and then they credit just that one little thing at completely changing their 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 approach to their to their gate setup and, and then having you know getting to watch them and coach them they were absolutely right so that's what's kind of cool about this too is is you know I'm guilty of 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 going very big picture very cause and effect and and almost purposefully ignoring those little crunchy things you know and it's something I'm trying to get better at but but w- when Rossi dropped this crunchy thing Go ahead and if you're right foot forward, you can lead with that left shoulder and your gate glide. That completely changed something for two two of my guys. So things. So back to kind of like what Rossi was saying. Often it's just things like that. It's it's moments like that 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 were really really rewarding. Yeah, that's super cool. Yeah, it's funny how 
both as a skier and as a coach, I find myself bouncing between the two things. Like, so the 30,000 feet picture, because I need to see how to pull better to that ball or how to approach my gate in a more consistent way. And then sometimes it's that one thing that I thought about that one time and worked. So you go, well, let's think about it again and see if it still works. And it still works. You don't quite understand why yet, but you know, at a certain point, and, you're and like, maybe I stick with it, and hopefully, for sure. I but therein, why. therein lies the challenge, right? That that that's the challenge, and I think that's what separates a good coach from a great coach is is. So then I I, I look at you know look at that Rossi's you know nugget of being okay to leave with that left shoulder. Then but then okay, why though? Like like what is that actually doing to your your weight distribution? What is that actually doing to X? your a b that's resulting in c you know and then it goes that goes back to teaching versus instructing you know so right that's right. i mean that, that's a huge that's a huge thing that uh trent trent kind of brought up to me which i i like is that we are teaching not instructing you know this isn't this isn't exactly how to do it it's just a discussion on how we do it and to give that oversight so that each skier can try to listen to the way we talk about it and then, you know, understand it conceptually, that 30,000 foot view, and then find, you know, we just, we just banter back and forth on how we accomplish those things. And hopefully between the two of us, uh, you know, our listeners can, can formulate or, or understand or relate to what we're talking about and find a way to get to that place. And if it is just a little break wing with the left shoulder, that's great. I mean, we could spend a whole episode into why that is what it is, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's really fun. And, and I would totally agree with you I, before you even started talking trend, I was thinking, yeah, yeah, that, uh, that episode about tournaments and, and being able to share, you know, how, why, why, why do you see me walking the shore, you know, before an event? Yeah, I'm nervous. I need to move. I, I don't like sitting there stewing about, uh, what's about to happen. Like I need to do something. So I'm going to go, you know, move around or, uh, look at the water conditions or go for my run, you know, it, it, it and, and I would say we had a lot of feedback on, on that, that one from our tournament listeners. But like, like you said earlier, Trent, you know, the, the goal here is, is to help everybody progress. And, you know, we, we don't spend enough time talking about our open water skiers, but we are trying to do our best to relate. And, uh, we do, we do some episodes talking about that stuff. And, uh, you know, we're just always trying to relate back to anybody that can, anybody that, that is listening. And if they can, if they can, um, take little nuggets from it. So it's really important. Yeah. Look, guys, I, I just have a question about more of podcasting. And I'll ask it to you, Chris, first, because I've, I've asked a similar question to Trent uh, a few months ago. But uh, obviously, all three of us speaking, super fans of the magazine, right? And then the magazine goes away, and we're all thirsty for content, right? And it seems to me that podcasting has brought a new wave of content about water skiing, Right? Um, what, what was your relationship with the medium when you started? Like, were you listening to podcasts? Was it just like, oh, let's do a podcast, Chris. What is it? Like, you know, what, what was it like for you when you guys started? So I'm, I'm not a, I, I, in the past, I wasn't a huge podcast listener. I would seek out certain, certain episodes of Joe Rogan or whatever, just based on content. 
Yep. And and I found myself really stimulated. And um, you know, my wife and I we do uh, we do Sundance Film Festival every year, and we love doing. And we and we do it for the documentaries. You know, so that you get you're getting different you're getting different insights into smaller, more finite topics and you get to really dive into them and you know when when we get done the the that film festival the thing that we feel is energized and and kind of it's like like to me i think of it as it, it happens at the end of january but for me that's like my new year you know because i'm now all of a sudden I've, I've watched all these documentaries on all this new topics that i didn't even know about I me mean, it might be about syria or it might be i mean it's crazy. It might be about farming in the u.s and how 90 percent of our beef comes from four farms or whatever that is and then it makes me want to go down that rabbit hole and then you know so when when podcasting came up yeah it was a little bit like what do i need to, i just went and you know I, I did the typical thing i went on amazon i bought a highly rated microphone and figured out how to plug it in and then it sounded like crap and <laughs> you know we we blew through way too many episodes with me yelling into the mic and it sounding terrible and you know so but since then i think you know i think it was the evolution of what was going to happen you know, and, and so timing wise for us, it was a good time. I wish we had started a little earlier, you know, I mean, now, now that we're, now that we're rolling, I, I, I just really like how, the, how we connect with people and are giving another avenue. You know, I used to write a lot of articles for, uh, you know, let's say water ski magazine, water skier magazine. Uh, they signed up for my concept of having a whole year of me, me writing. And, and I really enjoyed that. And so I helped support that magazine um and you know i just i just got my water ski journal with jamie Beauchene on the cover so you know there there right. is there it's nice to have another water ski um related magazine available out there and if you don't know it then uh, check it out water ski journal but um you know when you write the one thing i i, I mean when i evaluate how i write the, i think the reason why people liked my articles so much was that i wrote in an approachable way i wrote i write how i talk mm -hmm. um so this is this is a easier way for me to be able to a much less time consuming way now that we obviously have gotten through a lot of our podcasting issues it's uh it's actually an easier way for me to to get those concepts uh pumped out there and then also it's the little things that that we talk about it's those i mean whatever trent just called the crunch you know you don't always write the crunch in the into the article because you don't know that it's actually that important until you're balancing it with somebody else so in yep. a way i think it's a more effective way of of uh communicating our thoughts to 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 skiers or into to enthusiasts yeah that's cool what about you trent were you listening to podcasts before doing spray makers? Did it come mm. after you started doing it? No, I mean a little bit. Um, I'm really just mostly uh, like ESPN garbage, you know. <laughs> and it's a it's a actually a really bad habit of mine is I, I fall asleep listening to um, ESPN garbage, you know. Which and they're all the right. same, and I love them. <laughs> I love American <laughs> sports, and and but really that was that was about it. I mean, you know, obviously the the same thing seek out a, a joe rogan when there was something uh something applicable or something that that was appealing but not a whole whole bunch uh lately a whole bunch of fly fishing podcasts um <laughs> right so right. I'm, I'm turning into i'm turning into a, like a, a super nerd in that way um but yeah not not a whole not a whole bunch i i think you know like like rossi was saying i think um you know 
after the magazine went away and then you know there was a a, a voice that that I had that that went away with it this uh the idea of doing this was super appealing and and like Chris was saying you know it's you can you can learn a lot you can teach a lot through writing but it's like that reciprocity it's that like you know Rossi will say something and I'll ask him a question what he meant by that and then I'll maybe I'll ask him so is it kind of like this you know or, or I'll say something he's like yes that's exactly what I mean by that. like so that that back and forth just gives gives a such a a more complete picture and a, just a better learning environment you know than than just simply just simply you know me or or Chris or you just crafting something on on paper and you know it's it's a little more static and you know it's a little harder to learn that way yeah it is and i think it's you know i think part of it is like in my opinion the complexity of slalom skiing requires a little bit more time you know like uh, even just a well-edited four-pager might not get to what you're trying to get Mm -hmm. Um, but also i think it's also easier to fit podcasting into things in your life you know like notoriously driving or for me, laundry, you know, like whatever things that you can listen and pay attention to an audio while doing something repetitive, then you get a chance to learn or be entertained, right? Um, but I was curious to hear, like, if it was something, you know, maybe you guys were super stoked about podcasting before and then you said, oh, got to do one. Kind of came as you started doing it. Yeah. Nice. I mean, I kind of I under, understood the medium. And like I said, I, you know, I did listen to something daily, but I wasn't, um, I didn't, other than just as a tool to go to sleep, I wasn't really seeking out information, you know, like like I do now based on what, you know, what Chris and I have done. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, super cool. Look, uh, one last question that I have. It's very simple. Uh, what is exciting you about the sport now? And I ask you this because you guys have been in the sport for a long time, right? And... I, I, it always fascinates me how the sport has been changing, you know, in the, in the years that I've been doing it. Uh, but anything specific that excites you nowadays? I'll start with that one. Uh, for, for me, what's really exciting is seeing concepts that uh, I helped develop. And, and, and Trent was part of this too, you know, um, early 2000s, you know, there was what we called old school, old school technique. I mean, it was pretty much a one way to do things and, and your, your mapples and your, uh, Waycoxes were the Kings of, of that technique. And, um, you know, then through my friendship with Jamie Beauchene and, and also just my always curiosity on how to do things better. You know, we came up with new, new techniques that we were writing about that. That was, it was like a, it was like a, I mean, I don't want to call it like a revolution, but ultimately we were we were breaking off from what was was the given and going into the space that was the unknown. And we believed there was better than what we had. And so, you know, so much time and effort went into that and it was really exciting. I mean, I had some seasons where I took a step back where people were like, well, you were you were better on tour last year than this year. And I said, well, I'm working towards something different and I can see my end goal. And so, you know, to hammer through that and, you know, some call it new school style. Some call it, you know, Wade Williams called it any style as in New England style. You know, West Coast slalom fits right into that to me. You know, we were it was like a it was like a new age of of water skiing. And it was so exciting for me to to forge that path uh, 
with my buds and, and, and also on my own. And where I'm going with this is that, you know, during, during that time, I remember working with uh, Ty Openlander, you know, and uh, he was just a young kid then that was a ripper. And I, and, uh, I could see that he was going to be, he was going to be something special. And, you know, I remember having a conversation with him and telling him like, you're going to be better than me. And he looked at me like, there's no possible way. Like, no. And I'm like, yeah, you're going to be better than me. And all the people younger than you are going to be better than you because you're going to, you're going to be your first, when you first learn skiing for you, you're going to learn this, uh, new school style of skiing as your go-to. Whereas for me being, uh, you know, a guy who grew up more in the old school, you know, I'm, I'm 44 now feel 24, but, um, or at least my mind thinks I'm 24, but, uh, you know, you know how that goes, but, uh, it, it, um, and now to watch skiing, now I get to see all of these young skiers out there and it's happening. And it's, I mean, just see how easy they run the passes that they're running. If we're talking about the high level, uh, pro young skiers, you know, their efficiency is through the roof. They have very little of the things that hold me back, you know, because I learned, you know, my go-tos when I hit the oh crap button, you know, are going to go back to that deep rooted survival. And if you grow up having not been taught that, but you're taught this, you know, new school style or West Coast slalom or however we want to call it, you know, if, if your oh crap button is in that realm, then you're so much further ahead um, than than we were when when this when this started. So for me, like that's the that's the so it's just so exciting to see this this transformation and see how many people are skiing so well and and um, and, and I'm just excited for where the sport's going. Yeah, it's cool because yeah, I mean, I remember those years well as a as a junior skier. But now there are skiers out there who were born in those years. And basically that's how they grew up, right? That's what they, they were being taught. And, and you do see it in the younger generation. It's super cool. Oh, that, that is, that's a really good point. Like you look at like kids like Ryan Canepa, like, the, I mean, the, the, and that's, what's really cool. You know, I think for years, everyone was so, uh, man, they were so bent out of shape about what we no longer were that, you know, they weren't focusing on what, what we are and what, and what we have and what we actually do, right? Like, you know, are we on ESPN? No, we're never going to be on ESPN again, you know, and, and, and because that's not our platform, that's not important, it doesn't matter. You know, we're never going to be on TV again, not, not, in the, not in the way we used to be, but nothing is on TV in the way that it used to be. So, like, people have, like, spent, even recently, we've spent so long focused on what water skiing wasn't instead of what it is. So what I think is really cool, and the trick skiers are the same, they're like, you know, be damned if we if finally have five events this year. Don't care. Trickers are the best example. The trick skiers. Look how good these guys are, and, and they have like one or two tournaments a year. You know, right. and and they're they're mind blowing. And it's the same thing. You watch these these little kids run thirty nine off. You know, like it's absolutely nothing. And they're like, you know, to you know, a, a generation and a half ago, like maybe it was the the allure of of, of TV and money that was doing it. Now it's it's. I mean, it's not even a full schedule of pro events and they're driven one. And then two, the resurgence of these, of these pro events that I just said, we don't really need, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, like what, 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 what y'all did in Europe, you know, the season before last and, and how it's trickled over, over here. Like there's, um, there's more events now than there, than there has been in the, you know, the previous six or eight, 10 years. So, um, 
it's maybe maybe it's that realization that maybe it's taking a little bit of pride in what we actually have and what we are instead of so worried about what we used to be it's kind of driving yeah. it again you know yeah that, i mean i couldn't have said it better i think it's uh i mean i've said it before like i think in the last two or three years we are seeing a little bit of a uprising in the sport and i and by that i mean on all levels of the pyramid from more people running 41 to more people buying entry-level skis and joining clubs and going to ski school and you know buying gloves um but i think yeah pro possibly what has allowed us to get there is to realize where we are now as a sport and and built off of that rather than living in the past and trying to be what, what we were we once were yeah that's we a, that's were. a i mean that's a tough one not to get pulled into you know, I mean, we always, people always have a vision of what it used to be or what things are, but we, it's, it's called evolution. And, and, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm really enjoying where we're at with skiing. Um, for me as a ski designer, it's really important to always think of a person's first time they're ever skiing all the way through, you know, them reaching their goals of, you know, if that's being a pro or, or whatever. And it's, it's really important to, uh, you know, help people along the way. And we're seeing, you know, more ski sales than we have in many years, like you just, you just said, and the sport, you know, I think people want to knock the sport and say, Oh, we're, we're not as big as we used to be. Well, you know what, maybe we're not as visual as we used to be as in, you know, a mainstream television. Uh, we've got some great, um, great new webcasts and, and uh, production going on that really help to highlight what we do. And, um, yeah, it's it's just about having a love for this and and wanting to progress. And I think the place we're in right now is a wonderful place for people. It's so approachable, and there's so much knowledge that that I didn't, I never had growing up to to be able to come up with my own plans to 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 progress. So it's a it's a wonderful time to be in water skiing. It's a wonderful time to be in a lot of things. And like I said, we're we've got a wealth of knowledge out there available to people and you know, there's lots of platforms to uh be able to reach out. Yeah. Yeah, well, look, I I don't think I could have ended it better. There's it's a wonderful time to be in water skiing. I I fully agree. I mean, I mean, it has always been, but now even more so. Uh guys, man, Thank you. Thank you so much. This was this was a fun chat. Um, so March 15th, you said the, the season two of Spraymaker will be out? Yes, sir. I mean, and, and sorry, the 15th may not be the actual date. I think it is uh, actually. That's sure. Monday. But yeah, it's going to be the, the you know, follow the, the, the start of the third week of March. Yes. OK, so Monday. Monday is the day that your the Spraymaker comes out. Perfect. Yes. Oh, that's great. Hey, I, hey. I also wanted to give you a shout out, man. I've, I've, uh, you know, not being a big podcast guy. Um, you know, I, I do my little Joe Rogan's here and there pick and choose them, but it's been nice. Uh, I, I enjoy listening to your podcast. Uh, it, it is really fun to, you know, to see where you go with your interviews and, um, there's a lot of knowledge being dropped there too. So, uh, thank you. A congrats and B keep going. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, that's the plan. Keep going. It's uh, the the consist the the frequency and being consistent with it is the challenging part. But you know, if if I get to have conversations like this one, man, it's it's all worth the all worth the diligence. You know. <laughs> awesome. Well, good luck. Thanks a lot, guys.